Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I won't turn back. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. He brought me out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on the rock to stay. I don't want to go back to that mess. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Sometimes it is a struggle for survival. Man, we daily, we daily meet the foe. We daily have to crucify our own flesh. We have to bring ourselves under subjection. Right, amen. Praise God. It's a battle. But I'm thankful the Lord has given us his own armor. We can take up the shield of faith. We got the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Our loins are girt about with truth. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. Praise God. And with the armor, the full armor of God, we're going to win. That's right. Amen. The mountain's high, but it's not too steep. The road is hot, but it's not too long. The enemy's near all the time. But we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Look at somebody and tell them, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you believe that? Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. Feels good in the house of the Lord today. Amen. It feels good just to be part of the family of God. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all just feel good in the house? Amen. Are you glad to be in the house? Yes, amen. Anyone else thankful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I appreciate what I am feeling in the spirit. I appreciate what I'm feeling, the current that I'm feeling in the house of the Lord. The, the spirit of unity, the spirit of love, of uniformity that I'm feeling, and I believe it's in large part because this church is binding together, one mind to one accord, and praying and fasting for unity, right. for the same mind. Amen. And, and I've, I've, I've taught on it recently. I've preached on it just last week or two, and I, and I feel... In the same vein tonight, and that's not an apology, I just, uh, I feel like keying in, just going a little bit further, a little bit deeper, in the spirit of unity. And I, I believe that as we pray and fast for uh, unity, one mind at one accord, amen, I believe great things are in store. Revival's coming because of this. Amen, amen. We were just talking with one this last week, and how they, we were referencing the Tower of Babel. And it was because they had one mind, they were in one mind. The Lord said, nothing shall be withheld from them. Amen. But we have a mindset that's His mind. We're trying to find, and have, we have, I'm trying to find, I believe we have the mind of Christ. We're trying to unify together 
for his work, for his purpose. Praise God. And I just believe great things are happening. Amen. You believe that? Amen. Praise God. So tonight, I'd like to go to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, chapter 13. And we will read just a few verses here, beginning at verse number 1 in Genesis chapter 13. Our text has found Abram. We know him as Abraham because God changed his name, but his, his name was Abram. Abram and Sarah and Lot, Abram's nephew. In chapter 12, the Lord calls Abraham, I won't read it all, calls Abram. And Abram is there living between Bethel and Hai. And God calls Abram. And because of a famine, Abraham takes his family, his possessions, and they go to Egypt. And they're there, and then God calls them out, calls them back home. And Abraham, or Abram in chapter 13, our text, verse number 1, And Abram went up out of Egypt. Type and shadow here. When you find yourself in Egypt, get out. He and his wife and all that he had and Lot, his nephew, with him in the, into the south. <clears throat> and Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Abram comes back to where it started. Back to the beginning of blessing. If you want to know how to get back, just get back to where it started. Get back to an altar. Unto the place of the altar. And I could preach on that all night long. If you wonder where it went wrong, you just need to get back to the altar. You want to get right and get back to the beginning, back to relationship, get back to the altar. You don't come to the altar, you don't get back to the beginning. You can't have a fresh start without an altar. You can't have a new beginning without an altar. Oh, somebody say amen. Back to the place at the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, there, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? 
and separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. I want to take my text from verse number 8. For we be <coughs> brethren. For we be brethren. Help me pray that God would bind us together and talk to us. God, I love you. I worship you. Magnify you. And I thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. God, I pray the unction of the Holy Ghost would move upon me. God, I need you to touch my mind, my soul, my body, my voice tonight. God, I pray you would speak to us and give us ears to hear what thou sayeth the word of God. Bind us together in cords of love that cannot be broken. For we are brethren here tonight. And we give you all the glory and praise that we put you first and foremost, seeking first the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Can we give him a hand clap of praise as you're seated tonight? Praise God. In Genesis chapter 12, the Lord told Abram, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed and so abram departed this was the first time in chapter 12 and as the lord had spoken unto him and lot his nephew went the bible says in verse 4 and lot went with him and abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of haran we find that abraham left the first time Because God called him and there was a famine and he told him to go down to Egypt. We find Lot, his nephew, that Lot is now attached to Abram. That Lot also went and traveled with Abram, his uncle, down to Egypt. And Lot was also with Abram when he came up out of Egypt. Can I say tonight... First off, it, it matters who we associate ourselves with. It matters who I attach myself with. Isaiah 66 and 10, Rejoice you with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All ye that love her, rejoice for her and with her. All ye that mourn for her. There is a principle that Isaiah was talking about. It's a concept that it matters who you enjoin yourself with. I'm joined with the church. I am a part of the church. Where the church goes, I will go. What the church does, I will do. Wherever God leads and directs this thing called His church, I'm going. Praise God. And we find here that Lot goes with Abram. The Bible says that Lot was blessed and he was multiplied because of who he was with. I believe if Lot had remained and had stayed, we may not have ever even heard his name again. But because Lot traveled with Abraham, he said, Abraham it has a blessing. Abraham has the blessing and the promise of God on his life. I'm going to stay with him. And they go down to Egypt, and they're there. And after some time, some things transpire with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And, and they, just, they, they, they decide to leave, and here they come. Right back to where they started. <clears throat> and as they come, 
The Bible says that their cattle and their, their herd had grown so much that they, it, there, was, there was no room for any more expansion, if you will, due to all the cattle. And so their herdmen, the herdmen of Abram, the Bible says, and the herdmen of Lot began to strive with one another. They began to strive and struggle, argue, complain, one with another. I wonder, doesn't really say exactly what, but since it was over the cattle, it was over the herds that they had, it was probably something like, who was going to get the best pasture? Who, who was going to get the best watering hole? Who's going to sing the solo in the choir? Who's going to sing the solo on the praise team? Who's going to be the teacher A and who's going to be teacher B in the Sunday school classroom? They began to strive one with another. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 16, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he said, But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. This is the Apostolic Rock Church. It is a church that belongs to Him. We have no such custom here either. I'm not striving with you. You don't have to strive with me. We're on God's side. We're on God's team. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and it's His church, not mine. There be nobody contentious. There's no striving. We're on the same page. We're on the same team. It's Team Jesus. And I'm preaching this just as, just as much for you and I as I am to proclaim to the enemy. This is his church. We have no contentions here. I don't care if I sing the solo or if I sing solo, you can't hear it. I'm, on, I'm singing for the glory of God. I'm... Praise God. Some of you probably wish I was singing so low you couldn't hear it. Luke twenty two twenty six. But you shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. We find here that Abraham and Lot come together and they begin to talk. And it's Abram that prays and, and does most of the talking and says to Lot, he said, hey, I, I don't want there to be strife. Let there be no strife between us. For we be brethren. Church, we are the church of a living God. We are the church of the living God. For we be brethren. And I use that. I know y'all. some of y'all got our sisters here tonight. So when I say for we be brethren, and you can think of it as sisters too. But we be brethren, we're all in this together. We are siblings in the house of God. We're related by one blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. They say blood's thicker than water. You're my blood brother. How do I know that? You were baptized in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ is flowing out through your spiritual veins. You're my blood brother. You're my blood sister. For we be brethren. Praise God. And there ought to be some identifying traits in our family. 
The first and foremost being love, that you have love one toward another. People ought to tell, hey, you're one of them. Apostolic Pentecostal. How'd you tell? How could you, how'd you guess? You see my wife, and you look over there, and you see Audrey. You see Alyssa, and you're like, you know. For all her life, Audrey's been called the little mini-me of Sister Mullings. And then you look at Hudson, and you're like, yeah, another little me. He's got a lot of Bryson in him, too, but that's what he gets spanked for, but... Uh, I'm just kidding. It's called genetics. <laughs> and we are blood brothers and sisters. We're part of the same family. <laughs> we got the same heavenly father. We got the same mother, the church that is above us all. Oh, praise God. Somebody shout amen. Abram, amen, I heard that, Brother Hudson. Abram was the eldest. He was the elder. He was the patriarch of the family. And yet, Abram's own humility, he comes to Lot. And he says to Lot, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? And I, and I was reading and doing some study in Genesis 12 and Genesis 13. And Genesis chapter 12, verse number 8. The scripture there says, having Bethel, which literally means the house of God. Jacob's going to go to Bethel later on. He's going to go back and call El Bethel. But, but Abram was there first. That's where Abram lived from the beginning. He lived at the house of God. He's there between Bethel and Hai. The beginning and the Bible says Bethel was to the west and Hai on the east. And when they come back in Genesis 13, Abram and Lot return. And Abram says, which would you like? Where direction would you like to go? If it had been me, I would have said, hey, we don't need all these cattle and all the herds. We can sell some off. Let's stay together. Let's stay in the same but Lot, the Bible says, he chose the wrong direction. Because in Genesis 13, 11, the Bible says, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. You see, Bethel was to the west. And Hai and Sodom and Gomorrah were to the east. And Abram gave Lot a choice. You can be in the house of God. Or you can go eastward and go far from the house of God. And Lot chose to go the wrong direction. All because there was strife and contention that entered into the home. And they separated themselves, the one from another. Can I submit to our church tonight? Contention and strife will always lead to separation. We're to be separate from the world, but not from each other. Contention leads to separation. But unity leads to separation from the world and conformity in the house of God. Man, 
That's some good preaching and teaching right there. We have no such custom of contention. Why? Because we want to stay as close as we can to the Lord and one another. For we be brethren. And we, the brethren, should love the brethren. 1 John 3 and 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew him? He him because his own works were evil. And his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren. Do you love the church tonight? Do you love your brothers and your sisters tonight? He said, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I don't want to abide in eternal damnation. I don't want to go to hell, but I want to go to heaven. But you can't go to heaven if you don't love your brother. Verse 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Why? For we be brethren. There were times growing up, my brother and I would fight. We would fuss. We would strive, but don't nobody else better come. Hello? And I've asked mom and dad multiple times to forgive me for fussing and fighting with my brother. We grew out of it. Mostly. Anybody ever have boys? The Rojas are laughing because they got several boys. They know what I'm talking about. For we be brethren. Nobody else better mess with my brother. He was two years to almost two and a half years older than me. Kid came down the street trying to pick a fight with him. I came flying out there. I ran the kid down the street. Don't be messing with my bro. Man, we need that kind of love and affection one toward another. When the enemy comes against one of my brothers, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm going to blow up on you. Devil, I'm going to blow up on you. Rebuke you in Jesus' name. Don't be messing with my brother. Don't be coming in here causing strife. If there's going to be contention, it's going to be with the devil, not with y'all. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. John 15, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. That's what we're praying and fasting for. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. To have an offering of of peace, you've got to love your brother. You've got to have one mind. And the only way you can be in one mind and have peace is to have love in your heart for one for another. Where there's no love, there's no peace. Where there's no love, there's no unity. Where there's no love, there's strife and contention. 
I choose love. I choose to love the brethren. Galatians 5.13, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Abram could have pulled the elder card. Abram could have pulled the, I'm large and in charge, I was here first. But Abram had a heart of love. And he said, I'll, I'll go, I'll do whatever. I'll take the high road. problem with that with, with Lot was contention. My, my, my. Contention and strife not only affected Lot but his family. 1 Peter 3 and 8, finally be ye of one mind. Everybody say one mind. Having compassion or love one of another. Love as brethren. Be compassionate, says pitiful. Same word, compassionate. And be courteous. 1 Peter 1, 22, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass. Our flesh is as grass, the Bible says. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. Do you see the analogy First Peter, Peter was making here? That flesh is as grass. I find it ironic that there is a, an ancient proverb, African proverb from the country of Kenya. And it goes like this. When elephants fight, it is the grass that suffers. Elephants have no equal. An elephant can weigh, I think it's up to 7, 000, or 7 tons, 14,000 pounds. Their trunk can move 750 pounds by itself. Can lift 750 pounds with something like 40 400, I don't know, it's a lot. A muscle's just in their trunk. A grown elephant has no equal. They call them giants. Giant has no equal. They go against each other and their tusks that they can use. The lion is no match for a grown elephant. And so the Kenyan proverb says, when, when elephants fight, it is the grass that suffers. Here in our text, we find Abram and Lot and their herdsmen are striving with each other. They come into contention one with another. As though it seems like they don't suffer, but it's the people and their families that suffer the most. The elephants don't suffer. Do you hear that? Do you see the analogy here? It's not the elephant that suffers, it's the grass. Because they say when two elephants are battling one with another, trees or complete trees are busted and broken and uprooted, and the complete meadows are completely ruined. That could sustain many much life there, but completely ruined because two elephants. 
began to fight. In Portugal, the Portuguese also have a saying. They say, when the sea clashes with the rocks, it is the clams that suffer. That is really cool. That's never happened before. When the sea clashes with the rocks, it is the clams that suffer. There are spiritual giants among us. And if we clash, or if you clash with one, you may survive the strife, but I wonder how the grass Peter said, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. Who gets, who really suffers the most? We have to stay in unity. We have to protect the herd from that which is without. We have to be ready to fight the good fight with things that are without, not with those within. You see, I feel like, and I, there's nothing like the Holy Ghost. There's no power like the Spirit of God. God has no equal. I understand that, so hear me what I'm going to say. But I believe the greatest power, other than the Holy Ghost, okay, the greatest power of the brethren is unity. God looked down at people who had no Holy Ghost. He looked down at the, at the Tower of Babel, and He said, because they're united, nothing shall be withheld from them. The greatest power of our church is uniformity. I'm not saying you have to think exactly. You don't have to look exactly like the one. But we have to have a spirit of conformity, not contention. We have to have a spirit of unity, not contention. Somebody shout amen. amen. Psalms 133, I love this verse, verse number one. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. But the devil knows, and I've been preaching on it and talking about it, two different messages that I know of in the last two and a half weeks. The devil knows if he can divide, he can conquer. He can cause contention amongst the church and amongst the people of God. If he can bring disunity amongst us, he can limit what God wants to do. He can't limit God, but He can limit what God does with us if He brings contention and strife in us. Paul wrote, wrote in Ephesians 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. In the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. Jesus said in Mark 3, 24, If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Jesus said again in Matthew 12, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. 
One said, men's hearts ought not to be set against one another, but set with one another, and all against evil only. If we're going to strive, we're going to strive with evil. If we're going to be contentious, it's going to be with that which is without. We're going to contend, be contentious with evil. I'm going to fight against the devil. I'm going to take on the whole armor. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to use my shield. I'm going to, I'm going to take up my shield. I'm going to take up my sword and say... Amen. Amen. That song we just sang right before, it's a struggle for survival. I daily beat the foe. Out there on that old battlefield at times, I stand alone. That should not be. We ought to stand together. We ought to stand as one. The enemy of the church wants to divide and conquer by sowing discord, by looking for the weakest link. 1 John 4 and 4 says, You are of God, little children. He's talking to plural. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. He's still talking to a group. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We quote that often. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But the writer here, John was writing. He was writing and saying, talking to the church. Greater is he that is in you. the Holy Ghost right now. If we stay united, God is with us and in us. And if we stay united, greater is He that is in us. Us. Than He that's in the world. Romans 8.31 If God be for me, no. If God be for us, who can be against us? We'll stay united together, one mind and one accord. If God be for us, who could be against us? If me and Brother Les, me and Brother John McGee, me and Brother Tracy, me and Brother John Piercy, me and Brother Bryce and Perriot, if we stay united, if God be for us, who can be against any of us? I need the brethren. You need the brethren. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he hath not another to help. i got to stay connected with the body of Christ. Two verses later, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. If we'll stay united together, there ain't nothing in this world that can... Separate us from the love of God. Paul wrote and he talked and he gave a whole list of things. And at the end of the day he said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing can separate us. Matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say the only thing that can separate you from the love of from is you. You got to cut yourself off. I'm staying connected to the body of Christ. I'm staying enjoying. I'm staying, I'm staying connected to the body. I'm staying connected to the vine. If somebody don't want to stay connected to the vine, there they go. Bye-bye. See you later. But we're staying connected to the vine. We're part of the body of Christ. Amen. There's strength in numbers. 
Hebrews 12 and 12, wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Galatians chapter 6, it's all right tonight? Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. The point being is we have to have the brethren. There's times when, I, when I'm battling something and I'm at a low point, and I'm thankful that there's a brother or a sister, a saint of God, that'll text me or call me or reach over and pray and put their hand on my shoulder and pray and say, God, help him. God, encourage him in Jesus' name. There's times, there's times I'm going through something and mom or brother monks or somebody will say, hey, I prayed for you. I said, I could feel it. I didn't know who was praying, but I knew somebody was praying. I needed to draw some strength and I could feel it. Oh, praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Paul admonishes us, us, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If there ever was a day, and we talked about because of the times this morning, but if there ever was a a day that we need to stay connected with the body of Christ, it's now. It's now. It's now. Stay connected. You need the church and the church needs you. Someone said, I don't know, somebody said it a week or two ago. Talking about somebody, you know, hey, you come in and you're praying and you're worshiping and you're praising. You didn't feel like it, but you came anyhow. You came and you're praying and you're worshiping and you're exalting the Lord. And you don't feel like it in your body, but you're doing it anyhow. You don't know how far-reaching and how encouraging your praise and your worship is to someone else. They, you don't even know what they're going through, but it's encouraging them. Because they look at you and like, if you can praise and worship in the midst of your storm. I don't know, maybe that's just because we're human. But sometimes, you know, yeah, it makes you feel better when you realize you're not at the lowest point of somebody else. I, I don't know, why, why are we, you laughing because, okay, I guess I'm, there's a whole lot of us here tonight that are like that. It's like, man, I feel so bad. You look and you say, well, I guess it could be worse. <laughs> Why? Is that just a human trait? I don't know. And then you see in them, you're like, man, I don't know how they're making it. And they come, and they're faithful to the house of God. And you know what? They've been, they've been going through hell on this earth. That They've been fighting everything. And Brother Pharaoh still comes in and still has a dance. Brother Pharaoh comes in and he's still got a shout. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have named. But there's times that people come in, and I know they're going through hell on earth, and yet they still got a praise. They still got a shout. You know what that does to me? That encourages me, the brethren. Praise God. When I see somebody, they're going through it. I'm like, man, I thought I was going through it. But, man, they really going through it. And they still got a, a, a shout. 
They still got praise. They gotta, still got to dance before the Lord. I'm like, well, hey, if they're going to do it, I might as well pray it. Hello? Is making sense to anybody? For we be brethren. We encourage one another. Iron sharpeneth iron. I feel like, I feel like I'm a sharper person. Because I hang around y'all. We sit around the table a week, two ago, sit around the table, sharing ideas, talking like, man, that's good stuff. Man, that'll preach. Brother Les sent me a really nice text this afternoon about the message this morning. And he gave a little, and I'm like, and I had to text him back, man, that's a good title. That'll, man, that'll preach. Iron sharpened the time. What? For we be the brethren. For we be brethren. That's the way it ought to be. We ought to encourage, not tear down. We ought to build up, not destroy. There's no strife here. There's no contention here. I've known people, they, they want to fight at the drop of the hat, and they're the ones throwing down the hat. That's not our culture. I'll shout at the drop of the hat, and I'll be going. That all, Brother Blackwood, that all right? Amen. I must be doing good. I got an amen from Brother Blackwood. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> For we be brethren. And I'm closing. Musicians come. Can, can I take us? I'm going I'm to move a little forward, but I'm, I'm going to take us to the close tonight. I'm going to take us to John chapter 17. Let me set the stage for you. John chapter 17, we find Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is getting ready to be betrayed. Actually, he's pretty much already been betrayed. Judas has sold him 30 pieces of silver. He's going to come and reveal to them Jesus, betray him, and Jesus is going to be placed on trial. You know the rest of the story. He will be crucified. And in John chapter 17, we find Jesus in the garden. And this is his final prayer. Verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. This is his, his final prayer. If you want to know, put it this way, this is his final request. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is His final prayer, His final request before He heads to Calvary. He says, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That they all may be one as Thou, Father, art in me. The flesh is crying, speaking, praying to the Spirit. Father, art in me and I in Thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them. That they may be one. Oh, if we can be one. If we can just be one. Even as we are one. I in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one. Get the picture? 
that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. His final prayer, his final request is that we be one in love. That is why I am asking that we continue in this 40-day prayer and fasting for a spirit of unity. That God would unite us with brotherly love. Love one toward another. That when people look at us, they're going to know those are His disciples. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you're the brethren. You're the body of Christ. How do they know we are the the body? We're one body. Bound together in love. Cords of love that cannot be broken. As we stand tonight, I remind us that it was God's very last prayer before Calvary. His very last request that we be one. That we love one another as Christ loves us. That we be one with one another and one with Him as God is one. And one with us. We have to have that oneness. When we say we are oneness, it's not just that we believe in one God, but we are oneness. We are at one with one another. We are bound together as one body. Many members, but one body. Many members here tonight, but part of the same body. One body of Christ. We unite and stay united and pray and lift up and with are right with one another. Signs and wonders and miracles and healings and revival and prodigals are going to. When you when we are united with each other and at one with him. Great things are going to happen. Blessing is going to happen. Restoration is going to take place. So this is the altar call tonight. I want you to do whatever you feel that you want to do, whatever you feel you need to do, to be at one with your brother and your sister. This isn't an altar call. This is a let's be one with one another. This is an interactive message now. This is your time. Where we go from here is up to you, the body of Christ. You do what you feel to do. Whatever you need to do, whatever you feel to do to be at one with the body of Christ, let's be at one with one another. Not odds, but one. That's it, that's it, that's it. This is oneness right here. Spirit of unity, a spirit of love.